Headlights, the blinding headlights, the possum freezes and fries. On the highway, the busy highway, the possum dies tonight. He's in my way, he's in Good evening, everyone. I'm Jay Farrell Elliott, your commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and I'm proud to announce that we have all survived. Independence Day and July 4th weekend, we've shot off the fireworks, we've had time with the family, but we return our focus to Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and joining me early tonight on what promises to be a show, Justin McCord. How are you, champ? Doing well, Commish. How are you? You know, it, it's, it's really good because... Once you get out of what I referred to and, and talked to Jesse Bumstead about is, is our proverbial June swoon. No matter what time of the world we are, um, what's going on in the football world, interesting situation to um, be in to the last couple of weeks of June because things really begin to slow down. And in July 4th, that weekend gets over. And it becomes electric again in the KFFS. Um, how did you spend the weekend? I stayed at home like I always do. You stayed at home like you always do, you know. Uh, I had a good time. I there's this cool. Uh, What's well, that cool call? The opposite cool. This is like called Next Door. I don't know if you heard of it. It's like a, like a Facebook for neighborhoods. Oh, I would not want that. Based, on, but I, go ahead. A, a beer and I sat down. I scrolled through the threads. About oh my god, please stop fireworks! Some of us have to work tomorrow, or someone hit my dog with an M80. Please be considerate of others. <laughs> like I just went down the whole rundown and just enjoyed it all. Oh, that's well. You know that that we really based on that scenario, Justin. We really need to get the comic genius of Justin McCord into uh, into uh, Caesars into Cincinnati. And into fantasy football. And we're getting close. 33 days marks the start of our 18th season. That online, 48 days is when we will uh, premiere in Cincinnati. And uh, our big weekend at Caesars, Southern Indiana, 53 days. And, and, you know, guys that will show up and be ready to draft from day one until the last pick is made are joining us now with one of the finest partnerships in Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. We have Darren Larson and Brad Petrie, known uh, as FPI in uh, fantasy football circles. Gentlemen, are you with us this evening? Yes. Hi, hi guys. Is yeah. that, that, that is one Darren Larson right there, the, the, the easygoing, mild-mannered member of this duo. Now we will ask about the other guy. Mr. Petrie, are you with us? See, see, we, we Petrie's already being Petrie's already being shy, Justin. So so we, we we don't have Brad in the room, but we have a, we have a Brad Petrie present. Yes, yes, I'm here. Oh, yeah, the, the little yes at the end of the tunnel there. So you guys are actually always uh, reported as checking in from the home office in Marshall, Illinois. Is that where both of you are tonight, or, or are there certain miles that separate you? We are quite a distance away. I'm close to Chicago. Darren is close to Terrible. Southern Illinois. Yeah. The uh, – the, 
So how did you two first meet cross paths and how did fantasy football uh, bring you together? How did this happen? Well, if you don't, so this is Brad here. Uh, Darren and I worked together the same company for probably, I don't know how many years until maybe 2006 or so. We parted ways. Um, he parted ways with the company that we worked together with. Uh-huh. During that time, during that time frame, we did a few um, fantasy football leagues together in competition. It was was just basically scoring only leagues. We would meet at a restaurant or a bar, and a dozen or so people would pick pick our teams. And I said we parted ways. And I, I I remember vividly, I had to move to Texas, and I was online drafting, and <laughs> so was Darren. And I just started recognizing that name. So I believe that I reached out to him either on the message board in the draft room and or an email. I can't quite remember. And we kind of, that was about 2012. And we kind of started, you know, the texting and back and forth then. And uh, it kind of led into this in about 2000, I don't know, 16 or 17 when we first decided to go to, uh, Louisville together, and um, but we've been communicating since about 2012, if I remember right, um, about fantasy football. So, Darren, do you remember how we met? Yeah, it was uh, it was in Las Vegas, and uh, we were in the same draft together. And I saw this guy lug in a big garbage bag full of stuff, a grocery (laughs) bag. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, now wait a minute. Let's clarify that. Was it a garbage said, bag or a grocery bag? Well, what exactly? Bag, I guess. And okay. Huh. I, I told Brad. I said this is going to be an interesting draft, and I think you start pulling out iced teas and all kinds of whatnot. And um, then uh, was was it Fenton? Did you say it was Jim Fenton with us? Yes. Okay. Um, then he uh, asked if we'd ever heard of KFFC. And I might have heard of it before, but I hadn't, we never really, I don't know why we never looked into it, but uh, we decided then and there that we were going to do, do it next year. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. I mean, you stood out to me and the dude that dressed like Merlin did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, that was one of Fenton's finest day of work. We have to, uh, Fenton has always said, yeah, we could recruit some guys to can come to Kentucky. He's recruited two guys to come to Kentucky and he's done about as good as he can do, uh, with Petrie and Larson. Now for the listeners that are well aware of your story, because the name FPI is, is, is basically seen everywhere. You guys are famous from coast to coast like butter and toast. But the the situation um, when you are such prolific drafters as you two are, um, you're you're sort of you're going to be a target. Uh, you're going to when people come and draft, they're going to be curious about what you guys are doing. And so I guess I have several questions, the first of which um, would be that, and, and Justin wanted me to clarify this, is to talk a little bit about do you come in with with each of you 
do you consult each other during the drafts about picks or the, can the other one expect to read the mind of the other one and you already know what you're thinking without verbalizing? You know, how does the process work when you guys are drafting live side by side against everyone else there in, in the draft group? Well, um, each draft, if we're doing them together, um, each one has been designated the um, kind of the keeper of the draft. So uh, the other the other one has a voice, and a lot of times they align. But if it comes down to a decision to be made, the person that's in charge of that draft actually makes that. Uh, so it's, you know, we, we alternate those. There's times that we're going to be doing some um, same-time drafts upcoming up. So, you know, those – but but for the most part, we typically have the same philosophy and kind of an idea when we go into drafts what we're going to do, especially, you know, when we know what position we're going to draft. But, but we but there are times we, we disagree. I think Darren would say that. And, uh, but at, at the end, the person that's in charge of that draft makes the final call. On your way to such a fabulous year that you had last year with one team that almost – led from wire to wire. Um, how often did you come down to a situation where you really disagreed about a player, where you really had a team that sort of fell off of your, uh, of your protocol or off of your, the model kind of team that you would want to, to put together? Um, well, uh, we had a couple that I remember the, I think the first one in Cincinnati last year, um, we, we just come from drafting down further South and um, it, it was a little bit different there. And then we went up to Cincinnati and it, it, and it kind of caught us off guard just a smidge. And that was probably the most, um, uh, uncomfortable that I was with drafting one. And then after that, I, I mean, we started hitting our groove there. We'd seen what we needed to see and made adjustments. Uh, we don't disagree very often. I mean, we may – I mean, we like and dislike a lot of the same players, and we come to those, we come to those decisions on our own for the most part. We may, we may pound the table for one guy or another guy. I mean, Brad's got a few favorites that I'm kind of on, and I've got a few favorites he's – not too hot on, but for the most part, we've got, uh, we've got a lot of the same viewpoints and, uh, and, and, and our uh, two strategies kind of fit together. Um, Brad's pretty good about, um, I think his strength is, you know, just laying out the beginning of the draft, laying the foundation. And I've always kind of been the uh, rookie guy and the late round guy and, um, stuff like huh. that. I kind of pay attention to a lot of that stuff and try to contribute there. Uh, I think our two strategies melt together uh, real well for a, a, a strong team. Well, you know, Justin McCord joins us tonight. Uh, he and I began our fantasy football lives uh, playing as partnerships. We never, we always had a blast, but we never enjoyed the uh, we never enjoyed the success you guys did, and and Justin, I don't think we enjoyed quite a uh, quite a, a comprehensive plan as to how to approach drafts either. No, I think the plan that 
so the way Brad described it and the, and the way Darren kind of echoed that is it, it sounds terrible. I mean, if, if you're not flipping over drinks and leaving the table to cool off in the middle of the eighth round while you're on the clock, I, I, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you know, when round, Justin and I did it, there was plenty of times by the fourth round we knew we were in trouble. You know, it was it was oftentimes that uh, we just, you know, we already knew we were a bit off tilt. But we've seen, Justin, we've seen great partnerships in the KFFSC before, I think probably the closest one that FPI reminds me of is uh, J.A. Carey and Mike Fox. Uh, and I, what, what really I think is the common element in you guys is that Carey and Fox rarely separate. Uh, and it appears that FPI never separates. And you guys must really enjoy being together and doing this together uh, in in partnership. It must add a lot to it rather than going out solo on your own. Well, speaking, we're going to do some some spreading out. But, you know, ultimately, we like to draft. And if if us partnering can provide us with the opportunity to draft more because we can – pull our finances together, then that, mm-hmm. that opportunity exists, we're, we're going to eat that up and that's what we're going to do. So th- there's, there's that factor in there. And I, as Darren said, we mix a little bit. Darren's pretty good at the an- an- analytical side of it. I'm more of the gut feeling guy. The Maybe I gamble a little bit more. And, and, and there's times where I've forgotten a guy and Darren's saying, what about him? And just, and, and the opposite. So when we are drafting together, we have that F extra um, extra set of eyes and ears and so forth does help when we – because there's guys I would have missed, and I'm sure that he would feel the same way. So there's, there's value in the partnering. Um, but the main thing, I think, is we just like to draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, it, um, it, it's, it's obvious that you have. Matter of fact, you instituted – uh, this year, the, our first Midnight Madness draft, and I had, I had, I had flirted with the idea of doing that before, and I needed some owners like you guys to get right behind it. We sold out immediately the FBI challenge for Friday, uh, for Saturday night. That one is is completely sold out and has been that way. We we uh, initiated the Friday night uh, challenge. Uh, for our Midnight Madness draft, uh, we we put that one on the schedule last week and and brought some attention to it today, and it's about half uh, it's about halfway sold. So you know, on a weekend when I am on my feet the entire weekend and only sleep five hours a night, that will be knocked down to three hours a night. And I have FBI to thank for that, but I, I do think it's going to be quite a blast. I have FBI to thank for something else, just in the spirit of J.R. Fenton, who uh, who did a good job bringing you guys into the league. FBI has been a catalyst for for players joining us. Uh, you introduced us to Ralph Siobhan. Uh, you're an integral part of Bruce Abel. Uh, we've got a, a, a player coming from Omaha, Nebraska, Um uh, Jeremy Brock, uh, a very good player. Uh, Smith and Richmer, uh, those guys uh, expanded their territory, uh, largely responsible from the uh, uh, from FPI's uh, 
uh, promotion of the league, and there are others. So uh, that's been that's been most appreciated. You know, uh, we were Jesse Bumstead and I were working on trophies today, uh, and when you talk about splitting up, partners splitting up. Uh, uh, last year, uh, Shay DeBosey and uh, Brandon Hakey, uh, they split up, and they uh, one drafted the big payback and one drafted I Want Vegas. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't I Want Vegas. It was another division. Either way, they, they won both of them, and I thought that was uh, unique and, and a very good year. You know, we've got – Married couples that play together, and Kirby and Melissa Barker, uh, probably the most prolific and probably the most successful. Uh, last year, our runner-up uh, played as uh, partners. It was their only team. I need to get introduce those guys to you guys. You need to rub off on them a little bit. <laughs> Joe Stump and Chad Briggs in partnership uh, were in it till the very, very end of the Viking-Packer game on Monday night. Uh, Stump and Briggs finished second. Um, uh, Brad, uh, amongst uh, all the divisions that you guys did well in last year, uh, I Want Vegas was a big success for you. I'm looking forward to uh, to being in Las Vegas with you uh, and you carrying the FPI banner for uh, uh, Darren out there in the FFPC. How will your strategy differ there? Uh, in, in the league that I play in, I, I'd like to hear just how you would get uh, your Kentucky strategy out of the, out of your mind, and how you guys are going to tweak it to uh, work in the FFPC. Well, the only general thing that I know is there's you know a bigger placement on value on the tight ends. Um, you know, so typically I think if you look at eighty ninety percent of our drafts. We don't take the tight end until probably the ninth or tenth round. Mm-hmm. I would assume that my strategy in Vegas would probably um, level that up a little bit, maybe two or three rounds. It kind of depends on, you know, who falls. I kind of have a limit of who I I don't want to get to. So there might be a tier of tight ends that, that I don't want to go past. So I kind of tier, tier players. Um, you know, I, I think – for the most part, unless there's extreme value, we don't take tight ends early. It depends on where they fall. Um, so I think that would just be the thing right off the top of my head. I would probably have to change my strategy on tight ends because I don't think I'm going to get value in the ninth or tenth round like we would in, in typical uh, regular non-one-and-a-half-point reception. No, you're not. No, Justin and I, when we played partners uh, out there, Justin, it was like we – we either had too much tight end or not enough. I don't think we ever got it exactly right. It was difficult. I found I've had my most success when I treat it as if it isn't one and a half points. Uh, ah. In general, or in a, you know, I, I harp on this. The bonus, the half point bonus is only for receptions. And so there are guys that are a little more uh, down heavy. And so the, the, the values push up a little bit, but I've, I've found when I don't overreact to it uh, and I, I find the value closer to where it is in the KFFSC ADPs where I've had the most success. 
Interesting. Well, you know, uh, out there, uh, the, also the dual flex, it lets you make some decisions about positional play. Uh, it allows you to make a lot of decision. Here, we're going to force you to um, make your decision about where you're going to start putting wide receivers on the roster. And I, I've always played uh, – the, the one thing I've been successful at, perhaps the only thing I've been successful at, is identifying late-round wide receivers that contribute. And that makes you feel good, and that makes you uh, – that makes your team come together sometimes. But uh, if, if you don't have the right mix of other players, that's little to hang your hat on. So I want to talk with you guys. I want to see if I can get in the head of, of FPI a little bit tonight. Let's, let's talk a little players, little wide receivers, because you've got to start three um, at the KFFSC. And, and before we get started throwing out some either or, or I like this guy better than the like, like that other guy, who were your top performers on your on your most successful team that you had last year? Who were your top receiver performers through the year? Yeah, can you even recall? Uh, Godwin um, until when he until he got hurt. Um, let's see, who else do we have on that one, Brad? Well, we had. Fitzgerald, yeah, we were for a while did okay. Um, Slayton, we picked Slayton, Slayton yes, he, he um, gave us a late. Our, our big, our big disaster was Antonio Brown in the second round. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we managed through it yeah. um, somehow, or Darren did. I'll give him the credit for that one. But um, you know, I'm drawing a blank on are we. Valdez Scanling was one, but he didn't do much. Yeah, we we um, had we struggled with. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. But that, uh, but that was so. So those names were not. So, so in your draft, you were you were looking at running backs. You probably went running well, backs higher then. Well, it, it yes. went, I, I I do know with McCaffrey, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and then we did something that Darren. Sir shocked me on, and I'll give him all the credit for it. I thought I was going to have a heart attack here, but he, we took Eckler and Gordon on the four or five turn. Mm. So that helped us quite a lot. There. That made all the difference. I mean, running back. So really, running back out of the first five rounds. Out of the first five rounds, we really only had one wide receiver because. Antonio Brown was a buck. Oh, yeah, my had, goodness. Uh, Justin, can you imagine what that team would have done if they would have taken anyone else? I, well, I remember they almost – I mean, they almost did it with it, with having Antonio Brown as their second-round pick. Wow. Uh, he was such a solid draft all the way through. I remember that was one of the Cincinnati teams. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Darren made a good point earlier when he talked about the going to Cincinnati and kind of getting in that groove. It's amazing – um, what good it does to draft a main event team like that in Cincinnati because the ADP doesn't change a whole lot between men, but it really sets you up for success a week later, I think. Yeah, more drafting helps. More drafting live definitely helps. We've, uh, you know, one of, one of the great things is the Louisville players are headed to Cincinnati. The Cincinnati players are headed to Louisville. And the national players like you guys are headed both. And, and, and that's just a real compliment 
of the of the league and uh, to the league and and of how people uh, wish to compete. You know, uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Bobby and Tom Sagerman and Bruce Abel. They will make the round trip to Cincinnati, and then they'll turn around and make the round trip to Louisville out of Pennsylvania. And when it's all said and done, they're going to be pushing 3,000 miles of travel to play fantasy football with us in a 10-day period. So, okay, there was a receiver named Brown that I wish you guys had uh, had drafted last year. It's uh, uh, probably uh, Chad Schroeder and the guys that finished in the top five are glad you didn't. But uh, – Darren, you talk about young receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone was prepared last year for the season that A.J. Brown had. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you what, in best ball, uh, when I was doing a lot of my studying for the rookies going into last year, I really I loved A.J. Brown. Um, and I was drafting him a ton in best ball. But when he fell on to the Titans, when he got drafted by the Titans, I kind of backed off a bit because I didn't, I guess I was short-sighted. I didn't see, I didn't see the clear path for him to have a lot of work in the run only offense um, with Tannehill. And um, that was, that was a mistake. Um, I should have just kept going with him. And mm-hmm. I kind of got talked into that because all the talking heads were just like, oh, you know, it, it, it's the Titans, you know. And sometimes, like when, Bra- like when Brad was talking about the gut, sometimes sometimes you have to drop the analytics and go with your yeah. gut. And I, lo- I loved him, but um, I, I did not – we did not draft him. I don't know if we drafted him at all in any of those. I mean, I was drafting him in the best ball earlier, but – I don't think we're drafting them in any of those. And you know, the gut big. tells me that when you have a running back uh, like Derrick Henry, who gains so much attention and can bust yards and runs downhill and actually runs in the second half better than he runs in the first half, and you have a defense that is keying on him that that uh, receivers like A.J. Brown, who separated himself from Corey Davis, and receivers like Brown can – can have huge plays as as Brown did. I, I was listening to the uh, the, the uh, high stakes fantasy football hour this past weekend. Balky pointed out Brown with four scores of over fifty yards uh, last year. I haven't had uh, yeah. You, you you don't get that too often. So let's compare yeah. AJ Brown to some guys. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. We're all expecting a comeback year. Uh, Darren Brown or Schuster. Oh, I think I think we have Brown just a smidge. We might have Brown just a smidge higher. Is that right, Brad? It's pretty close. Um, well, let's put another I, guy I, 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 with Brad. Let's put another guy in the mix then, because you're going to find these guys all drafted around each other, and I want to see exactly what you think of them. Cooper Cup had a miserable end of the year, despite being despite having another statistically significant year for the Rams, uh, I expect that to change. And he come back to, uh, as Justin McCord's favorite expression, regression to the mean. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, over Schuster, over Brown, or beneath, Brad? I I personally take Cup over those. But 
when we partner up, I think we probably went to Juju. Actually, yeah, we did go Juju. Brown. Yeah, so, Juju is before so. Brown and Cup for me. Keenan yeah. Allen has been a regular. Um, it has never fallen, as I can remember, to the fourth round in any of the last few years. He's a favorite in the FFPC and probably goes a little higher uh, with what we do here in Kentucky. Uh, I've I basically gotten away from Keenan Allen, uh, and I think he'll probably go a little later with uh, uncertainty at the quarterback position with the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, mixed with those three players. Can any of you put Keenan Allen in that group, or do all three of those guys before go before Keenan Allen? Way before Allen for me. Yeah, Allen's fourth out of those three other three names. See if this guy can get – I'll throw this one to Justin because Justin's going to have to put his three receivers on the team. And, you know, uh, Russell Wilson is one of the most consistent quarterback performers in fantasy football every year. And I hate this expression. I hate this expression. You hear it from fantasy football drafters. Tyler Lockett's got to have a great year because that's all Russell Wilson has. That's all he's got, and we know that's not true. But uh, Tyler Lockett, guys, uh, does he does he jump ahead of any of those four? The first being Keenan Allen. He's he above he, Allen. for me. He's definitely above Allen. Allen continues to slide. Can okay, so Lockett gets up there. Lockett has the uh, Lockett has a quarterback that. Uh, more prolific uh, with Roethlisberger on the downside of his career, you could say is more prolific than any of those other three guys. Can you push him in front of Schuster Cup, AJ Brown? Well, I personally can because you got to remember DJ or Metcalf is there in Seattle now as well. Mm-hmm. Every draft that I've done, or ninety percent of them, Metcalf's going ahead of Lockett. Mm-hmm. So if that's if that's correct. You know, uh, is there is there going to be that much production out of Lockett? I love the guy, but if Metcalf is that much better or a round or two ahead, then that, I would question that. So um, I would still have Lockett behind those first three that we talked about and ahead of ahead of Allen. Well, that's a good that's a good example of two players lining up to to uh, collect. Receptions from a 500. I, I suppose we're talking about Wilson throwing the ball at least 550 times. Let's go to a place where they won't throw it that much. We were talking about Cooper Cup. Uh, Justin, I think you played with this player a lot. You and Fetch have had a lot of commentary about this. Uh, Robert Woods, you're going to put Woods in this mix anywhere? You're going to put him ahead of Lockett? You're going to put him ahead of Metcalf? Are you going to keep him under Cup? I'm not a I'm not a Metcalf fan, so I, I ignore the the Metcalf ADP noise because he's already crossed off on my list. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Woods is a target for me this year because of how much uh, is changing in Los Angeles uh, as far as Todd Gurley being gone and the uncertainty in the in the run game. And while Woods fell off at the end of last year, uh, mostly due to injury, and cost a lot of people uh, championship weeks. I would put Woods this year above Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. Does Tyler Higby have much to do with that, Justin? I, I, I'm, I don't hate Tyler Higby. I mean, you know, I'm a Western Kentucky fan as well as a Louisville fan. Nobody's so going to hold up against you on either count, Justin. Neither. It's insane where Higby is being drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have been quick to scoop up 
Gerald Everett in the late rounds of many drafts. Mm-hmm. You and the old Irish cowboy, Johnny Lincoln. There. Johnny Lincoln gets Johnny Lincoln gets Everett in the last three rounds of of every draft. Well, let's get back on receivers, guys. Here's a receiver that I absolutely love as a young player. Uh, does the maturity continue? Do the opportunities continue to grow? Uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, Compared to Woods, Lockett, and Allen, what are you doing with Cortland Sutton? Darren, you you're the, you love the young guys, Cortland, Cortland Sutton. Well, um, it's, it's kind of tricky this year with all the new weapons that the Broncos have added, but uh, Sutton was very impressive last year, and I do – I know Brad and I both have still continued to draft him, and we, we like him. Um, and I think we would put – at least I have him like – right pretty much right underneath Lockett and above Allen is kind of where we have him situated at um I think you know he scratched the surface last year and uh Judy might uh help alleviate uh some of that uh it may bite into his uh receptions a little bit but um he may you know it, he may be more productive um, with his um, catches and Hamler, I'm sure will stretch the field as well. So they've got a lot happening there. So there's there's quite a bit of unknowns, but yeah. um, I think we saw enough last year from him to um, be very uh, bullish on him. And he's still a young receiver, and he's in that uh, you know this will be his third year. So I mean he's he's uh, still getting better. So you like him better than Woods, no, Rocket, um, Allen? Uh, I like him better than Allen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, we have, I think we have Woods right behind Juju. We, we like Woods a lot. Boy, by the time we get through with this, we're going to have Allen going in the eighth round. So, uh, Brad, I'll turn to you. <laughs> um, that's okay. Veteran <laughs> receiver. We'll take him. Yeah, you you guys will scarf him up as he goes. Uh, a veteran receiver that that I absolutely love to watch play. I'm very interested to see what his new quarterback will bring to him, and he's fabulous to have on your fantasy team because he really is the owner of the Houston Texans, and that's Colts receiver uh, T. Y. Hilton. Now Hilton mm-hmm. forever went. Early in our drafts, I, is it the end of the second or very, very middle of the third, and, and he's gone. Right at the two-three turn yeah. was like perennially where he. I mean, just just at. lock it down. You could ride him in there. Uh, where is he going right now? In uh, well, in some of the spring drafts you did in our uh, in our run to daylight and our checkered flag. Where is he going in those drafts? Where did he go? And and if do you believe that we're going to a fit? Because I got to think, based on where he's going now, he's going at a bargain price. Well, for me to sit there and tell you where he was going, and I can tell you where, for the most part, he's fifth or sixth rounder in the drafts that that, that I'm doing, but. Um, you know, there's very good value in the sixth round. I think a lot of people are concerned with the injury history. Yeah. It seems like the last couple of years he's not playing a full season. And, um, you know, that's kind of 
bit some of our teams in the behind as well. Uh, you know, I would. He he he's not. He's not one that I that typically are targeting. I won't take him if he falls. Yeah. But it's he's not a, he's certainly not a must have receiver anymore. And the sixth round, you like him though? Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, six. Yeah. It just it, you know kind of depends on who's falling. I mean, I think not to discuss our strategy too much, but I think me and Darren are okay with two running backs and, a, and four or five wide receivers. I think that's kind of how we've been doing things. So yeah, if he's there. You know, we'll take him, but I don't know that he's a must-have any longer. We have him, and uh, let's see, on the checkered flag, we we got him quite a few times. Well, we have him three times, 38% share of Hilton. So, he was – I mean, if somebody's fallen, we're going to we're gonna be there to grab him. I mean, we're, we're not we're not the typical we-got-to-get-our-guy type of drafters. We're more – we watch the ADPs. We watch who's falling. We try to maximize value and squeeze every bit of value we can out of our picks for the most part. We, we have guys we like. I mean, when push comes to shove, we'll, we'll grab them over some of the other ones. But we, we're kind of value hounds. Well, I think this is very enlightening and all. So I'm curious about what assigned value you have for these two players. And I appreciate these two players completely for different reasons. And their uh, outlook on the season has changed substantially here in the last uh, couple months. So the first one I want to look at is uh, Stefan Diggs. Isn't he a fifth or sixth rounder now, or do I have that graded too late? Mm-hmm. Sixth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, it's around there. Yeah. Okay. Probably. A player. You know, I sixth. know that. Uh, I know that Buffalo is not going to throw the ball as much as a lot of other teams, but uh, don't we have a player here that is is uh, is such a a talent who's made a, a big change in his career? And is definitely, as you would say, the man in the passing attack. Don't you have a? Don't you think we have a player here that that's got a really high upside to be going that late in the draft? If you're talking about Cole Beasley, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the bees still caught what sixty balls last year. Yeah. If you're trying, oh. if you're trying to rub salt in the Robert Foster wound, thanks. Yes, there you go, Robert Foster. I uh, wasn't wasn't he in? Uh, uh, he he was in one a couple of the Tarantino movies, as I recall. Is that who you're talking about? Uh, yeah. I don't I don't have any recollection. You don't have any recollection. Okay, past Bill's performance notwithstanding, what is your expectations on Stefan Diggs to be a leading receiver in the AFC East? Oh, hey, I stumped him, Justin. Can you believe well, the I, home I office have, is panting with some of oh, these no, questions? I, They're really I, struggling. I, I have thoughts on him. I don't know if Brad wants to take this one or if he wants me to take it. Good. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I mean. um, we really – it seems like every time we come up near his name, we find reasons not to take him, find somebody else we like better. And I, for me, it's twofold because he's um, – he's he's a very flashy player. He's a good player, but he can be somewhat inconsistent. Um, and he's now on a team with a somewhat inconsistent uh, quarterback 
more so than Kirk Cousins was. And also uh-huh. it's his first year with the Bills, which primarily, usually the uh, receivers their first year, they kind of struggle. And John Brown's no slouch. Um, yeah. You know, and they've got a good tight end in Knox coming up, and Allen likes to run the ball. So I just, I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, I think it's going to be a bumpy ride with them. Uh, I, I just give don't. me uh, the, Darren, give me some numbers then. Project the numbers for uh, for Diggs: seventy catches, five touchdowns. Can you get him that far? You know, honestly, I just don't do. I, I just don't do a lot of projections. I. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of go about things a different way. So Maybe I, that's what it is, Justin. Maybe no more projections <laughs> for us, buddy. No more damn projections. Well, we talk about draft capital and relative to ADP and how you define value. Yeah, projections are not that helpful. Well, no, I still got I'm, I'm with Darren. I, I still yeah, just want to have an idea of what we're talking about because. Okay, well, uh, let's let's look last year and that John Brown caught 72 balls. Right. Okay. And then I think Beasley had six, almost 70, 67 to say. Yeah. Okay. And everyone else is limited to just a handful. Sure. So how does Diggs get the 70? Like, I think 50 is probably the cap when I look at those oh, numbers. Because no. I mean, the Bills aren't going to throw the ball a whole lot more. They're going to take the, they're going to take it away from Brown and Beasley. And it's all going to go to Diggs. He came here with the promise that he <laughs> would be the man. He's getting out of the umbrella. Oh of Adam Thielen, and I think you guys are looking at a sixth-round draft pick that could bring you 85 catches and 8 to 10 touchdowns. All right, so we'll – And now Brad and Darren can see why I spilled a drink and have to leave the draft table. (laughs) Justin, that's why you put his name on that draft, and then you draft the next one. Uh, Speaking of uh, spilling the drinks uh, uh, – and Kevin Williamson will be glad to know that here from Louisville, Kentucky, that uh, the bar is open, and uh, you guys, uh, you guys have done a great job as the shedding light on the wide receiver minds makes it tick uh, for the very successful FBI franchise. Okay, I've got two more, uh, and these are the two that I really, really want to know about. It's a big, big change now for what's happening in New England. So tell me what you can expect from Julian Edelman. Well, I, I, I've always liked the guy. Hmm. Uh, I, just, I just don't know the accuracy of, you know, I'm going to presume that Cam's going to be the starter there. I wouldn't know why he wouldn't be. Um, and it just, you know, Brady could hit him, you know, pretty much any time he wanted to, and I just don't see that. Cam's probably got a stronger deep arm, but I just don't. I just don't know that it's going to be the same. Um, I still like the guy. He's been going in the seventh round, late sixth in most drafts, and if you if you get him there, um, I like him very much as our third or, or fourth wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I still like him. Mm-hmm. I always have. Do you guys? Do you guys have him much so far in the spring drafting with us? Hmm. Hey, I think a few times. I yeah, a couple times. I think. Very good. So, so having Newton now at quarterback over uh, Stidman, where, where does that? What does that do to Adelman? Does that kick him up one round, two rounds? Uh, what do you think? 
I haven't seen any movement so far. The, the biggest movement I've seen is white has skyrocketed. And mm-hmm. I, I guess they're just assuming that since he threw the ball to um, McCaffrey, they're gonna, he's going to throw the ball to white. But before McCaffrey got there, Newton was not that type of quarterback. I mean, it, I think it's more um, the player than it is the system. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, but they are Harry's jumped way up. I mean, I've noticed the Patriots yeah. players skyrocketing now, and I'm not. I'm not for that. I, I well, we'll we'll see what Newton. Like we'll see what Newton brings to it. You know, he he has somewhat perfected in the last season and a half his short passing game because physically that was about all he could deliver with any right. type of accuracy uh, there in Carolina. All right, so guys, here's the question. Justin McCord made a statement last week, and, and you know, it, it takes a whole hell of a lot to impress Justin McCord, and that's one of the reasons that I love him so much. He made the statement last week that Mike Evans is, disappoints you in all drafts. He always underperforms his draft capital. Uh, Godwin uh, is a player that you guys rolled last year and rolled hard. Which mm-hmm. Tampa Buck receiver are you are you going to go with? Are you going to expect Evans to return to be the guy, or are you guys completely sold on Godwin, and are you willing to spend the draft capital to get him where you have to get him this season? Godwin well, for president. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think both of us, if we had the opportunity to get Godwin in the right spot, there's no question which one we would take first. Uh, I, I believe, and he was one of the top receivers in the NFL last year on not having dropped passes. Right. Or if you talk about Evans, I believe he led the league in drop passes. So if you look at those two numbers, um, and I, I just love, I mean, how often did Godwin catch, catch a 10-yard pass and run, you know, and, and that's what I, I mean, he would break tackles. That, that I mean, I think most of the, there, there's no question who we're taking ahead. Um, but he may not be, you know, the top seven or eight receivers. I, I just don't know where we we t- probably end up t- typically taking him in the middle of the second round somewhere. So, and I think you're getting Evans in the third. You gotta love that Godwin motor after he catches the ball. It's a thing That's, of yep, beauty yes. to watch. It is yep. a thing of beauty to watch. Uh, guys, you know, we, we keep looking at the schedule. We keep working the schedule. Not only do we add a Midnight Madness, but, you know, we're looking for other drafts to add just because of the fact that if there's a time slot available, FPI is going to fill it, and they're going to lead the way into uh, uh, p- players joining our league. Now, how much online drafting – uh, in the main event, will you guys do? You're so prolific live. I would have to think that not much in the main event. Well, um, it'll probably be one of those things where we say we're not going to do it much, but <laughs> we'll have to see when the time comes because we're we're a little weak. With, we're a little weak in the in the knees when we see a draft going on. We're not in, you know. <laughs> You cannot walk past a draft room that's got a board on it. And we've not we've a, never seen a draft we didn't like. So. I love it. I love it. We'll keep coming up with uh, <laughs> with, with some ideas. Justin, you uh, 
Uh, Justin, how much work are you doing in Cincinnati this year? Is it one or two leagues? I have two. Two Cincinnati leagues for Justin McCord. Gives you at least a 50% chance at any given time slot that you'll be playing against FBI. You've been keeping good notes tonight? <laughs> you know, I don't have to worry about F- it, it's. I don't have to worry about FBI. It's kind of like when you sit down at the poker player poker table, and the most dangerous person is the guy that doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so I'm actually much more comfortable with teams like FBI because I they're not going to do anything that surprises me. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. I, they're nothing. They they, they was going to put me on tilt. They're just going to draft a very solid team. That, they're not going to snipe anybody from me because they're going to take value where, you know, if they take somebody I wanted, it's because, well, I should have taken them early. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone else who's a little more novice at it starts taking guys five rounds ahead of ADP or three rounds ahead. And that, that kind of sets you off. A little bit. <laughs> the fellas had That'll an interesting story about that last year, about a certain gentleman that walked in and a Saquon Barkley Jersey <laughs> and uh, guys, why don't you take over that story and tell us a little bit about it as we went through the uh, draft slot auction and uh, how you ended up with the uh, second pick and who you ended up with. Um, okay, well, going into that um, auction, we decided we wanted McCaffrey this time, so you know, he was going one, um, 90 at least 90% of the time. So we figured we had to go get the first pick. And that's where I guess our, sometimes our cheapness uh, crosses with who we want. That's known as frugality, Justin. Yes, frugality. (laughs) And um, we went ahead and, and let him have them. And then he kind of turned and said to us, well, who did you want? Because I'm going to take Barkley. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so, from, I mean, everything in that draft just, just fell just so right. And I remember it, about every move of that draft um, and, and just the way we felt. And I just, I just felt good after that one. I just felt good the whole time, as, I guess, brown aside. And um, – but it, it just it just was solid. We had so many hits. We had Prescott, we had Gordon, Edelman, um, Godwin, Eckler, Andrews, Tucker, New England defense, which just Oh wow. Yeah. We just we just hit it. I mean, we just hit it. And you'd love to take credit for that, but I mean it's just a certain I mean, sometimes it, it, <laughs> it's just a Sometimes it, it just happens, and it just happened uh, with that one. And um, Justin, knew- the fellas are uh, the, the the competitor that the fellas are referencing there is. Oh, I know who it is. is. Our <laughs> old pal David Leisure Suit, uh, and uh, the, the, the the drafter who also announced loudly the kickers wins championships, and then took like Harrison Bucker in the thirteenth round. Uh, it, it, I, I remember it well. Well, you know, suit is <laughs> suit is taking a sabbatical from the league this year. So as you guys have have made him pay for his sins, uh, perhaps <laughs> he'll come back fresh in twenty twenty one. Fellas, anything else we want to? Uh, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we let you go tonight? As you head back to the. Uh, responsibilities of the home office of FBI. Brad, there's your time to plug your, your products. <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything. I just, you know, I, we enjoy the league and that's why we helped 
for, you know, promote the league, and hopefully we've got some new people. And I'm, we're, every every year we look forward to live events. We participate in as many as we possibly can. It's fun, and, and we enjoy it, and that's why uh, um, we we promote the KFFSC, and that's – you know, and, and we and we 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 appreciate you having us on tonight. Oh man, is everybody will enjoy listening to it. Everybody, everybody will enjoy that you guys are going to drive in on the main road this year. You're not going to come <laughs> on any back road into the facility. And uh, uh, Justin, parting words for you tonight, sir. It's nice to hear some some drafters who can play well with others, uh, who get along and don't make a scene. So I, it's a, it's a welcome change. <laughs> good sport, good sports, and and good drafters. It's it's a very very strange with the success you had uh, last year. As we looked over the top five trophies this year, not to have FBI getting one, but you uh, uh, with your uh, you didn't have to close on that. With, I mean, that well, was, but <laughs> with the <laughs> with the yeah, he thanks you for coming off. on and talks about how great you are, and then puts in that dig. We, off, uh, week sixteen, Brad and I. I mean, <laughs> the last three years we've shot ourselves in the foot in week sixteen. So. Week sixteen is a is a miserable <laughs> time for you guys, but you know, um, seriously, you guys had you guys had uh, a most impressive a cash victory because it seemed like wherever you played and the divisional titles and the, uh, the, I want Vegas, um, the, I want Vegas trophy and uh ticket to head to Las Vegas that you are, uh, you are Kentucky's representative to go for that half million dollar prize. And my point is that after your week 16 problems last year, may everything move better throughout the year for you as you go for the, uh, as you go for the 15000 here and the half million in Vegas, and I hope you win them both. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Justin, you can see you've got your work cut out for you to top these guys this year. It'll be thrilled to see you guys at the same table. Fellas, thanks yeah, for Yeah, well, now playing. I'm offended because you, I'm playing in the same contest that these guys are. You just told them that you hope they win both. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means to me. Yeah, well, Justin, as always, it means I hope you come in second. You know, this would be good. I got great hopes for all you guys. <laughs> Fellas, thank you very much, and we'll, we'll look forward to talking to you as we get closer uh, to uh, our draft days coming up online in Cincinnati and in Louisville. Keep promoting the league, Brad and Darren. You're doing a wonderful job. Thank you, guys. We love the KFFC. In the skillet, the greasy skillet, the possum fries tonight. The gravy and serve the taters We all can eat tonight He's on my plate, he's on my plate, he's on my plate, he's on my plate